You're listening to Bottom Shelf Bitcoin. This is episode 56. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bottom Shelf Bitcoin, the podcast that puts Bitcoin knowledge within everyone's reach. As always, I'm your host Josh Humphrey, and today my guest is Scott Sibley. He is the designer of Shamari, a tabletop card game um, that helps you learn about Bitcoin. Uh, Scott, welcome. Thanks, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to, uh, to be on the show today. Absolutely. Um, you reached out to me and kind of said, hey, I've got this thing I'm working on, and uh I had no idea about it. And when you first um, messaged me, I kind of thought it was more like of a video game style, which is which would still be cool. But um, and then when I actually went to the website and saw that it was an actual tangible game, uh, I don't know. I I I love board games, so <laughs> um, I don't have as many as I would like to. It just time doesn't allow me to get into a bunch. But the ones I have, I, I really enjoy. So uh, that that kind of piqued my interest and um very excited about this so so give us kind of your like um your elevator pitch for shamari sure uh, well first off i'm glad um to hear that initial glance it was well received that's always a, a good feedback point to have kind of that uh, gut reaction and then kind of the elevator pitch was one um i wanted to create something and um really i purposely chose something physical um, to kind of give a alternative approach that would help spread awareness around um, the Bitcoin industry as a whole um, and also help to kind of onboard new users. So I, I thought about some different ideas over probably about a year, year and a half period, um, all centered around um, different types of games that could go on. And then it really came back to what currently is uh, Shamari, which puts the user, um, whether it's two players or can really have as many as you want. I like to think probably six is probably the max you'd want to go with, but go through the aspects of what it's like to uh, mine the blockchain um, through a series of memory exercises. So the game itself is really a mixture of the uh, technical nature of a blockchain mixed with maybe that classical game of memory that we all played when we were kids, bringing those together in a very non-technical way. So a five or six year old should be able to play this game all the way through a 20, 30, 40, 50 year old as a way to start bringing in engagement and just simple awareness around what Bitcoin is. Cause I, I'm a true believer that that's where it all starts. Very cool. So let's kind of back up then. What's your, what's your origin story? I mean, how did you get into Bitcoin? Yeah, so uh, my origin story is probably very similar to many other people out there. It was that uh, the last bull run, uh, late 2017, 18, that, that gravitated me in. And um, like many others, it wasn't necessarily Bitcoin that first um, grabbed my attention. So I, I went down the altcoin rabbit hole for uh, a short period. And then I guess I like to think that, well, uh, for many that might have pushed them away from the industry, um, I was able to kind of take the time to then keep learning, understand the differences between uh, Bitcoin and the other uh, coins that are out there and what really separates it. Um, and that's really what put me on this adventure for the past few years and ultimately landed me here today. And um, even before that, my, uh, so I went to college, I actually have an accounting degree. 
um, and did that in the, the public um, accounting spectrum for a, uh, a nationwide audit firm. And so I have a background that kind of, um, from a math side of things, understands the importance of, say, a distributed ledger um, and verification and those different aspects. But on the flip side, uh, my current full-time role outside of uh, launching this game is for a, a local ed tech company where I'm in charge of um, uh, marketing, sales, um, product management, design, uh, very creative type things. So I have that mixture of creativity as well as kind of the math background that may bridge these two things uh, and being able to, to bring it into a game format and just kind of where it all landed me. Cool. Yeah, I love I think you did a good job striking the balance on the design um, because it's kid-friendly without being too childish and, you know, where grown-ups would go, and eh, that doesn't look yeah. interesting. Yeah, exactly. I played, like I said, a few different versions, and when I started doing things, I tried to, I probably made it a little too technical in the sense that instead of, um, for those who can't actually see it, but uh, we'll be able to post the links in there, but the game right now is all visually through these different monster characters that are uh, really the main aspects of the game. When I started creating some prototypes, um, I was using, uh, say, numbers instead of monsters to do sort of matching to make it more realistic about finding a nonce um, and matching a target and hashes and that sort of thing. And um, as we started playing those versions, one, it wasn't as fun, um, and two, it wasn't, um, it didn't need to be that technical. Um, to be able to do the job of what I'm looking for. So being able to strike that balance between, like you said, the kid and being able to think, you know, one of these monster characters is funny or someone like myself or yourself or even older than us and being able to say, okay, I, I see this. This is something that, um, you know, my 20 or 30 or 40 year old friends would, would enjoy playing as well. Do you feel like working in, um, in ed tech has helped you kind of know where to go with this? Yeah, definitely. So um, that side of things. So my focus for the company I'm at, it's called uh, Journeys Map. And we have created uh, what we like to call uh, Google, Google Maps for learning. So we've literally created a map that instead of getting driving directions, um, it's trying to plot out your lifelong learning continuum, whether you're in K-12, higher ed, uh, looking for a certification, career transition. And we've been building that out the past few years. And our whole first um, use case for that product is all around career exploration and the key component around that is just bringing awareness to these jobs you may have never even thought of um, based on your interest or your skills fit and so the correlation back between okay awareness around my career pathway um, and i've seen over the past few years how that simple awareness um, has helped whether it's a, a k-12 student or we work with i'm in san diego we work with the local um, housing commission here um, and uh, being able to get those adult learners to be able to visualize their next pathway around awareness of, of what that pathway might be and how that then gets brought back into just awareness around um, Bitcoin, um, cryptocurrency, the industry that we're, we're talking about here on the podcast. So there's definitely an overlap. Neat, neat. I like that. Um, so um, what, I guess kind of what, what pathways did you go down as far as like looking at various game designs and and what made you kind of pick the the what the final version is right now yeah um 
like I kind of started to mention it first, I'd started trying to create some prototypes literally on my own. I'm not, I'm not a designer or graphic designer uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but kind of just playing around with some different tools, maybe looking for uh, free artwork that uh, that's out there that um, doesn't have any commercial license to it that could be utilized and kind of making these prototypes, um, playing them, um, say with my wife or um, uh, some other people to kind of get a sense of what's going on. And then going through that, uh, being able to then build it off into, okay, there's enough, I can do a certain amount of this. Um, I kind of had, you know, sketches in my head of, you know, where we're at today, what these monsters look like and wanting to incorporate um, not just a monster, but have them feel like a, a Bitcoin um, theme to them um, itself. So when you look at the cards, each of the characters has, you know, if they're holding a Bitcoin or they have a, a Bitcoin logo on their hat or little things like that to kind of dabble in different aspects of it. Um, as well as the fact that um, the characters outside of the actual uh, monsters uh, and the illustrations there have some sort of uh, realty back to how Bitcoin mining works. So, for example, as your uh, mine gets, uh, your blockchain gets mined, um, you're seeing your chain grow from uh, the Genesis block at block zero all the way through block 10. Uh, that's as high as you go. And as those cards, they're stacking up. Um, one of the little things I added in there is I actually have the hashes from um, blocks zero through 10 on those uh, those cards that start to show that connection. And while there's no part of that as part of necessarily the gameplay, so the person may have no idea what that actually means, uh, but having little trinkets in there to let them start seeing little things like that at least starts to lay the foundation. And somebody else like maybe yourself or that has the knowledge of the industry would actually be able to look at that and say, okay, I, I get this. That's That's kind of cool. Yeah, I love when I was watching, there's a video and I'll, I'll put links in the show notes so you guys can can go to the Shamari website and um, you've got a, a gameplay video on there. But I love that it is simple enough and does not require special Bitcoin knowledge to play the game. Um, so you could literally play with anybody, um, but it's... From from that, then it kind of starts teaching about Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Why don't you walk like walk us through? Uh, and again, I think it's this is probably one of those things that like people should go watch the video. I, I don't know. I'm just a visual person, so I think yeah. you guys should go watch the video, and and that's probably pretty helpful on on learning how to how the gameplay works. But um, if you can, just like walk us through what does it look like to play this game. Perfect. And um, like you said, there's that video on the website. There's also a, a text version of the rules in case there's people that are more um, learned by reading. But in, in this case, the game, um, I think, is, is rather simple. I'll try to make it as clear as possible for the, the audio audience. Um, essentially, um, you can have two or more players. Um, they come in, and the game setup is there's uh, five different card types. Um, so there are the reward cards that the um, players get when they mine a block. So um, just like you're mining a block in the, the Bitcoin blockchain, you get the Bitcoin reward. There are the actual block cards. So that's what um, starts building up once these blocks get mined. Um, there are attack cards. So your Bitcoin, your blockchain can get attacked um, in the game as well, as well as then the uh, main cards as far as the, the game plays goes. There are the target cards. So just like when a miner is uh, mining the blockchain, they're trying to uh, match that target. So there's a target card that gets flipped over. 
um, as a character on it. Like I mentioned, they're all kind of monster themed. So we have that target card set. Uh, we then lay uh, 11 nonce cards. So we have the nonce, we have the target. And the job of the miner is to find the nonce that matches that target. And we lay the, all those nonce cards face down, uh, just like you're playing memory. Um, so think about the game of memory. And the users are going to, excuse me, the players are going to roll a dice. Um, and that dice is six-sided. Um, there's five sides that have a character on it that lets you know that, okay, you, you're going to you're going to try to mine. Um, you get to play. Um, the, uh, the sixth side is a character that tells you that your chain is being attacked. So for these purposes, let's say I roll the dice, uh, my, uh, it rolls mine. I'm going to flip over one of those nonce cards. Um, one of three things would happen. Either I don't find a match in that case, I just flip it back over, just I'm, I'm playing memory and the next player is going to go ahead and roll. Um, or I flip it over and I find the match. In that case, you're going to remove that card, take the target card away, um, grab that block height zero Genesis block card and place it on the table next to it and you've mined your first block. Uh, from there, uh, that third option is there's one card that starts the game as being a difficulty adjustment that's played down with those nonces. Looks just the same on the, the backside, so you don't know which one it is. If you flip that card over, um, there are additional difficulty adjustment cards that then have to get laid down. So each time that card gets flipped over, a new difficulty adjustment gets placed down. So trying to act like, just like in mining, can get harder. Um, uh, the game itself can get harder by playing uh, by laying more cards next to the ones you're looking for. Um, so those are the, the three key aspects. Um, if you do roll the attack attack card, um, once you've had one block mined, that means your blockchain can get attacked. So you take one of those attack cards, place it alongside the lowest block, um, and if at any given time that attack card chain gets longer than your blockchain essentially a 51% attack has occurred um, and the game starts completely over. So that's how the game uh, kind of has to reset in all phases. But if you mine it all the way to the block height of 10, um, one, you guys, all the players have successfully mined the block. So they've earned Bitcoin rewards and essentially the, the player with the most rewards would be deemed the overall winner. So hopefully that, that paints part of the picture for the, for the audience. But uh, like you said, Josh, the, the video paints an even better picture. Yeah, I guess one thing that I was kind of um, not sure on when I watched it, the difficulty adjustment, it mm -hmm. makes it more difficult just by placing more cards into the in face down that you have yeah. to choose from to try and to try and match. Is that the, the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. Um, just to kind of lay in a, um, that concept in there where, uh, like you said, the, the more cards down is going to make it harder to find the match of the target. Um, and so you start with um, one of those cards at the, the start of the gameplay. There's an additional 13 that can potentially be laid down if you keep flipping more and more of them over. Oh, wow. Um, okay. It's just a kind of way to, to make it keep going harder, especially if you think about once you get down to you know two or three cards, uh, it'll start to, if there was no additional cards, it could become uh, rather easy to find that match. So a way to sure. kind of balance out the, the ease of play um, with uh, the technical nature of what we're trying to, to talk about. Very cool. Very cool. Um, okay. So, so let's kind of go back then. We talked a little bit about the design process. What, what's mm -hmm. it like to, um, I guess actually like create a board game. Cause this is something, well, actually let me back up again. 
<laughs> I keep backing up in circles. Um, so one of the things I really love, and I, and I said this already, is that it's, you made it really simple. Um, so some friends of mine and I had talked about a, a Bitcoin game, board game at one point, and um, everything we kept coming up with was super complicated. Yeah. And um, we, we may still make one at, at some point, but yeah, every idea that we had was was um as you know bitcoin is multifaceted right and like there's all these and it's like how much do you include the economics and the technology and all this stuff in this game without getting to the point where you've if your goal is to help this help this uh these ideas but you know kind of um sneakily at, put these ideas into people's minds that maybe aren't Bitcoiners yet. Um, you know, at some point, if you make it too technical, then you then you've excluded these people, um, and and that's not what you want. So, um, yeah, I, I I like that you made it simple because, like I said, we we kept coming up with these kind of convoluted game ideas, and <laughs> and and uh, I I think they could be fun. They just the ideas that we came up with were really kind of stuff that would only really appeal to people who were already Bitcoiners. And so that's not really the, the broadest approach and, and not necessarily the best for um, even getting sales. Like even just from a, from a business standpoint, like you're just yeah. not going to get a lot of people buying it. So, um, yeah. so what's that like um, actually getting your game published? Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I commend you guys for kind of starting to go down that thought process as well, because like you said, that probably is, uh, taking that complexity and boiling it down to the simplicity is probably the, the hardest part. Um, and you really don't know when you get there um, uh, until you've kind of uh, a light bulb goes off maybe. And it took over a year to kind of figure that out. So uh, first off, I would say for you guys, don't give up, um, keep kind of thinking about it and coming back to it. Um, I couldn't agree more around, you know, you should, I have, you know, sketches and drawings of, you know, I was always just using, uh, say, index cards to make um, some of the first ones. And I was getting as technical as, you know, okay, with the, you know, on the block cards, they have, um, they have the transaction ID, they have the, uh, the block height, they have the, um, uh, the nonce, they have the, the prior hash, they have, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, one, graphically, I don't even know how this would work on a, you know, two and a half by three and a half card to, to uh, get it all on there in, in some sort of cool way. And then secondarily, uh, somebody who's never heard of Bitcoin before, like you said, they don't care. Um, and that's just going to be too overwhelming. And going back to your o- earlier question around um, the crossover between my uh, job in the ed tech space and here, and that's part of uh, what we've uh, seen and done where it doesn't need to be a lot of information at once to start grabbing somebody in, um, a simple awareness, a simple uh, day in the life type video about a, a career is just as valuable, if not more so, than seeing all these data points and metrics around that career. So the same can be said here, where my brain said, "Okay, the uh, uh, they don't need to have all these things on these cards to under start doing the job of what I'm trying to do, um, and making sure that the concept um, is presented in some sort of cohesive way." Um, and then I think more to, to your specific question around kind of the, the process of uh, getting the, the game created. Um, it's been a, a roller coaster, um, something I've never done before. 
um, in any in any sense. Uh, most of the projects I've worked on professionally have been more digital and based here, building you know platforms out and, and that sort of thing. Or back when I was in public accounting, so this is the first time I've tried to produce a physical product. Um, everything from uh, the design side of things and how much you do yourself, how much um, you uh, outsource, um, how deep you want to go on that, because that can be a rabbit hole in itself that can become extremely expensive. And uh, I wasn't trying to, to uh, go too deep on that side of things. And I was also, um, I was completely successful at this at the end of the day. Um, initially, when I started um, trying to find somebody to help support some of this, I wanted to try to find a graphic designer that also understood Bitcoin, um, at least in some sense, uh, to try to help bring a uh, their perspective into the game and make sure that it's understood. Um, uh, at the end of the day, the, the person who helped me didn't have that aspect, but um, still came out nonetheless uh, in a, a format that I that I really like. And then on the the printing side of things, um, it's uh, there's lots of different companies out there that actually can do kind of um, uh, low prototype, you know, one, two, uh, uh, three different print runs of of a design. Um, they're higher cost, obviously. So getting, say, one um, deck the size printed printed out a lot of those is probably, you know, um, ten to fifteen dollars um, to get it printed in a one-off, which that's not going to uh, return any profit for you when you're trying to to roll through things um, on a sales model. Um, so that side's kind of the easier part, where you can say, okay, I can I can spend you know ten bucks here or twenty bucks there and and see what it looks like. Um, where it gets more difficult is being able to say, okay. I need to have some volume behind this to get those costs down. Um, mine is also a little more complicated because what I found was um, the combination of the cards along with the dice um, makes it a little bit more expensive only because it's not just printing cards and putting it in, say, a standard tuck box. Uh, but you need to either go with, say, a, a tuck box uh, that also has a, a tray insert that has a dice placed into it or the box just needs to be slightly bigger. To be able to fit the uh, uh, the dice, or it needs to be a uh, they call them a rigid box. They have all these different names that I'm all too familiar with now. Uh, and learning about paper size and paper weight and uh, color specs, and I know a little of uh, kind of the color side of things from the full time work that I do. But uh, you know, paper weights and that sort of thing is is not something that I come across too often. So. Um, it, it's a learning curve, just like uh, Bitcoin's a learning curve. And then uh, the, the unfortunate part, obviously, health being the, the first priority, uh, the the company that I was going to do a initial uh, more volume per earn from, which is here in the States, um, had to be, um, not surprisingly, shut down a few weeks back uh, uh, due to the, the current pandemic. So um, for those who are listening, you're, you're free to go on and uh, to the website and, and place a pre-order. I still plan on getting those turned around here um, and uh, hopefully by June, which was my initial target anyways, but I'm working with uh, trying to find some new uh, uh, printing places to be able to get that larger volume order from um, while uh, everybody's dealing with the pandemic as well. So uh, it's, it's been a process. And then even when I thought I got to the end of the initial process, it, it bubbled up again. Gotcha. Well, um, I'm assuming, do you, do you take Bitcoin for yep. for the game? Yep. So um, it's all set up. So feel free. Anybody can you know 
pay by your standard uh, credit court order um, or through uh, a BTC pay, BTC, BTC pay server, excuse me, uh, set up um, on the website. Uh, and they're all uh, there and able to process um, as, needing, as needed. I did also, and uh, we can include this in the show notes as well um, for anybody who forgets, but I went ahead and made a, uh, a promo code for anybody listening to this but uh, this podcast. So for uh, for that, if you want to take 10% off, uh, feel free to put in bottom shelf 10 um, in the promo code box, and that'll drop it in there as a, a thank you for, for listening. Awesome. Thank you. No problem. Well, very cool. Um, so you said there you're going to try and ship by by June. Um Hopefully, yeah. That, like that's, still my, that's still my target. I'm still actually just planning on um, before it got canceled. I hadn't been to a, a Bitcoin conference before, but I had tickets to the uh, Bitcoin 2020 conference up in San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. That was uh, back in March. That was going to kind of be my first yeah. stab at some uh, low stakes marketing to uh, start mingling there. So I'm looking forward to being able to, uh, to go when that gets rescheduled in, in Q3, it sounds like. And and I guess the blessing in disguise is in March, I wouldn't have had no matter what um, anything ready. Whereas now, by the time the conference rolls around, I'll be able to uh, knock on wood, take some uh, actual game packs up there and, and have that more physical approach to uh, being able to share it with people. So for anybody listening um, who's going to be at that conference, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to connect then whenever it does happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. And that way people can actually like physically see it in person and stuff. Yeah. One of my other ideas that I have um, related to it is um, using it as a tool that um, companies in the space could actually um, use as a marketing tool. So obviously, um, when people go to conferences, they you, you get a USB drive or you get a pen or you get a squishy ball, whatever it may be. Um, but most of those uh, studies and reports show that the top uh, swag, if you will, that people want to get when they're at a conference are things that um, or game, or game like um, toys, or things that they can bring back to their kids. Um, and so, um, I'm interested in feedback from uh, companies in the space around being able to to create um, kind of that branded version of the game that they could offer, say when they're at the conference, or if they're trying to uh, recruit a new um, uh, company um, as a prospect, and something that something kind of fun and different that they can give them. And, um, you know, with the branding, maybe there's uh, their logo appears at the at the top of the top box, or there's a sticker on the box, or little things like that. Um, so that's another avenue that I think um, uh, is a potential uh, stream that I'm interested in hearing uh, feedback on. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, um, how can people, if if someone's interested in doing something like that, how can they reach out to you? Sure. So. Um, me specifically, so you can find me. Um, email address is just scott at shamori, S H A M O R Y dot com. So that's one way. Um, I'm also personally on Twitter, and it's my full name, Scott M. Sibley, S I B L E Y. Uh, and then obviously um, the website is shamori.com, and then the, uh, uh, the Twitter handle is play shamori. Um, and so there's the, the Twitter feed there. It is also on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I haven't, I'm focusing on the Twitter side of things right now, just because that's where the more active community is. Um, but feel free to follow in the other spaces as well. But any of those, uh, formats, um, you'll find me and, and be able to get a hold of me and, and more than happy to, to hear any questions, comments, feedback, or 
where people are interested in connecting. Well, awesome. Scott, do you have, uh, do you have any, I know we're kind of, <laughs> it's probably a little early to ask this cause, cause we're still waiting on the, the original, but do you have ideas for other games or, um, expansions or anything like that in the works? Yeah, I do. Um, I, um, some ideas actually part of the reason I wanted to have, uh, these characters on the, uh, the, uh, the cards is that, especially for that younger audience, if it took on enough, I could see them, um, the characters themselves being, you know, a, a plush toy or uh, t-shirts or that sort of thing, just kind of they're engaging enough where that sort of um, aspect could come into play where um, it's not just a game, but you could purchase a, a onesie for your baby or that sort of thing. Um, so there's, there's that side. And then there's a couple other game concepts that are in the, the back of my head um, uh, around this sort of thing that, um, may come to life one day um, if this one's successful, but uh, I guess we'll see where, where this one goes over the, the coming months and, and years and just having a, like you said, um, it's just a simple note reaching out to you to, to see if you're interested in um, I've done the same thing with others and people seem to be taking to it well. Um, obviously people are getting spammed with that sort of thing all the time sometimes, so um, just hearing feedback from uh, the people who are kind enough to respond and obviously uh, someone like yourselves to invite me on a, a podcast like this uh, means the world and, and only helps uh, kind of spread awareness, not only for what I'm trying to do, um, but also uh, the Bitcoin industry as a whole. Well, awesome. Um, I'm excited to, at some point, uh, once, the, once it gets shipped, play it. And um, I actually was... Uh, talking last night to some of the guys in my local meetup and saying that once this thing comes out, we're going to have to get together and play it just for fun and see, see what it's like. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll get it when it comes out, but, uh, all right. Anything else, uh, anything else you'd like to say to the listeners out there? No, I think just, uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed the episode. Like I said, I'm, uh, love to hear the feedback. So don't hesitate to reach out. Um, thank you again, Josh, for, for having me on it's been uh, a, fun, a fun 30 minutes or so and uh, hope everybody enjoys listening and obviously uh, above all else uh, stay safe and stay inside <laughs> <laughs> all right scott well thanks for coming on man thanks josh all right i hope you guys enjoyed that interview with scott i am really excited about shamari and um can't wait till it gets released and we can play it. And, uh, I think it's gonna be a fun game. Hopefully, you know, all this lockdown mess will be over by then. But, um, you know, if it's not, it's a great game for playing at your house while you're locked down. And, uh, if it's, if it's, if we're all out and able to get back to work and do whatever, maybe it's a, it's a good thing just to have over for, have friends over and play whenever they, um, can you can actually see real people again or take on vacation with you or whatever but i think it's going to be a a fun way to get people who aren't really necessarily into bitcoin into bitcoin or at least start introducing these ideas to them especially if you have friends that are into board games and things like that so y'all go check out shamari i think it's shamari.com and then um, again uh, that that code that um, scott made for us which is bottom shelf 10, B-O-T-T-O-M-S-H-E-L-F-1-0. And that will get you 10% off on your order of Shamari. So go check that out. Um, 
The other thing I wanted to let you guys know about was a playthrough that I posted on YouTube where I went through the first two levels, sort of levels on Light Knight that were released. I interviewed Carlos from Satoshi's Games about Light Knight a few episodes back. It's a, in in case you don't remember or didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it, um, or it's posted on YouTube now too, but uh, it's kind of like Fortnite, but that's a really surface way of explaining it. Anyway, it's a, it's a battle royale style game that they're going to use lightning network and integrate Bitcoin as the in-game currency. So that's really cool. Anyway, they, I, I have early access and you can, you can buy early access, which helps fund the further development of the game. But basically they released their first level as a single player kind of training facility level where you can go through and do a timed run on shooting some targets and stuff like that. And then they have their sandbox development where you can kind of play around with the physics. So uh, if you go on YouTube on my channel, on my bottom shelf Bitcoin channel on YouTube, then you can see where I kind of walked you through what, uh, what's there so far and kind of what my thoughts are on it and what could be improved. But again, this is early access. This is not even beta release yet. So very cool stuff coming down the line for that. As always, you can share the show out and that's the most helpful thing you can do to help me and help other people find the show. And then you can always check out the website bottomshelfbitcoin.com. If you want to support the show, you can go bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash donate, or you can go to bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash kidsbook, and that will get you a reference link to the Tuttle Twins website. And those are some great books about liberty and free market economics and some things like that, um, which makes this a great episode to, to kind of branch out into, we're talking about stuff that's targeted maybe at a younger audience for bitcoin so that's great stuff there but anyways that will um it doesn't get you anything off the cost of the books the books cost the same either way and i think you should get the books either way but if you use my reference link i'll get a little kickback on that as always you can follow me at bottom shelf btc on twitter and uh stay tuned i've got um another good episode in the works and uh and i'll uh catch up with you guys then from bottom shelf bitcoin I'm Josh Humphrey. Thanks for listening.